The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Okay, everyone, thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Real Health Podcast. I am your host today, Dr. Lucas Timms, and I'm very excited to welcome uh, our guest today, uh, Megan Van Zyl. Uh, Megan is um, a, the owner and CEO of Cancer Peace University, uh, an organization that is uh, has a goal of setting uh cancer patients free of the fear of cancer. Um, Megan is uh, uh, has a master's degree in human development counseling from Vanderbilt University, as well as an honorary PhD, and has been working with uh, cancer clients for nearly 20 years now. She's also an author of several books, uh, the most recent of which we'll be kind of diving into today called Braving the Storm. Um, so with that said, Megan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Dr. Lucas, for having me today. I've really been looking forward to this interview. As have we, um, we're going to talk about some really, um, important stuff today, important aspects of cancer care and addressing root causes of cancer that I don't think get talked about enough. Uh, so I think our audience will uh, really appreciate the information you have to share. Mm -hmm. I want to start just by sort of letting you introduce yourself in terms of your journey and how you came to be um, to work in this field um, and um, how you set up Cancer Peace University. Great. Thank you. That's perfect. So I initially, after receiving my master's in human development counseling, I initially worked with children with autism with ABA therapy. And it was through my journey with working with children with autism that I, my eyes were open to holistic healing, to the natural world of healing, because so many families I worked with were pursuing alternative modalities like chiropractic care naturopathic doctors, functional medicine. And I started to incorporate that with my work with children with autism. And shortly after that, I had a friend diagnosed with breast cancer. She was only 47 years old. She was a single mom. She had two children with special needs, three children total. And she had a lot of stress in her life. And I became an advocate for her because of my work with children with autism. I started to do a lot of research for her and tried to come up with protocols for her because she didn't have a lot of finances to invest in her journey. So I really became an advocate for her. And I saw a lot of things that were hard to see in the cancer world. Mm. I saw that she didn't get adequate care, that when she would go to her oncologist, she would have like five minutes with the oncologist and 
some of the recommendations were hard for her to process and she wasn't able to answer the questions to understand why she developed breast cancer. So it was through that journey that I walked with her for about a year and a half that led me to cancer. And unfortunately she died of liver failure. And I really had a decision to make after grieving the loss of my friend, was I going to continue in the field of autism and walk away from cancer? Or was I going to walk that vulnerable path with cancer patients that I had walked with my friend? And I, I chose the latter. I chose to pursue cancer after that. Yeah, well, we're, we're glad you did. And uh, we're glad that that um, led to you forming or becoming an author, writing books, working with many clinics and, and forming this organization, Cancer Peace University. Tell us a little bit about um, sort of the mission of that and how that all came together. Yes, I'd love to. So Cancer Peace University really developed over years of me being in practice with cancer patients. And what I realized was several things. I realized that cancer patients were struggling to make treatment decisions because they didn't understand their diagnosis. And so many times cancer patients were becoming passive recipients of treatments with no active involvement in their own care. And that became a big concern of mine. And I remember the moment that I was working with a client with breast cancer and after weeks and a couple months of telling her about why cancer develops in the body, she had this epiphany moment where she told me one factor of why she got cancer. She had a light bulb moment that shifted her process in a really positive way. She told me, she said, well, if I have cancer because of all of the toxins I've been exposed to, the liver congestion, why am I using a toxin to try to cure myself? And she ended up going through a process of really getting into spontaneous remission from breast cancer um, after she was able to be empowered to understand her diagnosis and make better treatment choices. And that really led me to this process of developing curriculum because I realized that there needed to be education. I realized I didn't have enough time with my cancer patients. I would have 90 minutes every two to three weeks with a cancer patient, and it wasn't enough time to educate them. So I started this path of building the curriculum. And then once I started to help clients move through the curriculum, I realized that I wanted to support integrative clinics because I know so many integrative clinics are doing great work on the physical side, but mm. I saw such a need for emotional support, which is a lot of what I do with cancer patients. Yeah, I, I think uh, that need is is huge. And that was one of the reasons I think that we initially connected was, you know, I've been working in integrative oncology for 13 years now and um, feel like I've been able to really help people with more of the physical and biochemical and 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 uh, you know toxicity underlying issues for cancer that exist on that plane, but also seeing a lot of patients that I knew there were other aspects of their condition uh, on the mental, emotional, or spiritual side that were contributing to their disease. But I didn't write. I didn't really have the tools or a um, a curriculum or a pathway for which to put patients on to help them address those issues. And so, finding you, finding Cancer Peace University through some of our uh, mutual patients, I think really was a, um, 
um, a godsend, really, because uh, the more we've gotten to know about your programs and curriculum, it seems like it aligns perfectly with our views and approach in terms of looking at the terrain of, of, of cancer, realizing that cancer is not a, you know, just a, a, a spontaneous, random uh, sort of, sort of uh, occurrence in the body and that there's always a, a root cause to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and your, you know, your books are, are at least the book that I've read here, Braving the Storm, um, you know, you, you, there's kind of a central theme through this uh, talking about spontaneous remissions and some of the research around that and, and, and the fact that these spontaneous remissions are all sort of connected by these profound internal transformations that patients have. Can you speak to that a little bit more? I mean, how, how can we, how can we help patients experience these transformations? Thank you. I, this is one of my favorite topics. So I'm so excited to share more with the listeners. So one of my favorite research projects on cancer came out of Japan and mm-hmm. they found that spontaneous remission from cancer occurred within 24 hours of that profound internal transformation that you were speaking about. And I just think that is so deep. And I think we could just think about that for days of what does that mean to go through a profound internal transformation? And to me, it speaks to a paradigm shift emotionally, a paradigm shift spiritually, a better alignment with a true sense of self, a better expression of your individuality and who you are. And there's so many aspects to it that we can speak to, even purpose. A lot of cancer patients end up finding a more clear purpose and realizing that their life hadn't had a lot of purpose prior to a cancer diagnosis. And so, so many things can become clarified during a cancer journey, but one of those things is looking at past trauma. And there's so many layers to past trauma. And one of those layers is childhood experiences that end up building someone's core belief, uh, core belief system in their subconscious mind. And so from womb to seven, we're developing our worldview or core belief system basically through the conclusions we come to based on our interactions with our world, with our parents with what we're exposed to and some of those conclusions are good and positive and some are negative and will impact our body and our psychology in a negative manner yeah i think i think that's so fascinating that so early on in life like our that that programming is happening right and and so we think you know when kids are so young it's like oh you know we we, we talk around them and we almost act like they're not there. Right. Or we mm-hmm. might have conversations and be making big life decisions. And, you know, the, the kids are, they're sponging all that up. Right. And this is helping to form these, these, uh, these neural pathways in their body, which connects not only their, their brain and their body, but their immune system, mm-hmm. um, their interpersonal skills and relationships, uh, mm-hmm. and, and really helps us to see how, that mind body connection can affect everything that happens in our health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you speak to some of the science in terms of like, uh, Mm -hmm. I know a big term out there is like neuroplasticity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So what are some of the real seminal findings that have, that have allowed us to make these connections between these early childhood experiences, trauma, how our, how our brain uh, networks get set early on. And then, how that actually 
scientifically leads to the outcomes with health and disease? Great, big question. So very yeah. big question. So there's a lot of different paths that I can take to answer that question, but basically we need to understand a lot of things in terms of how trauma impacts the body. And part of it is understanding quantum physics principles. So we live in a quantum universe. Our bodies really are wired more like a piano that's out of tune than necessarily uh, anything else. Um, there's the biochemistry aspect, but energetically, our body is communicating through electric impulses and frequencies in the body. And what happens when the core belief system is developed in the subconscious mind is that we develop thought patterns and emotional patterns based on our belief system that carry certain frequencies. Mm. And research out of Eastern State University in 1992 found that a healthy frequency during the day is from 62 to 68 hertz. And when that drops below 62 hertz, that our immune system starts to become compromised. And so the frequency is really impacted a lot by a core belief that feeds a negative loop of a thought pattern and emotional pattern that carries a lot of negative energy, acidic energy, and frequency that really brings down an, an energy flow in the body and even can block an energy flow in the body. And so really what I work on with clients is, yes, there is trauma in adulthood that is more easily identified, but there are childhood experiences that have influenced our belief system that will impair how we perceive the trauma in adulthood, but also will communicate in a, a manner of giving frequency that can contribute to disease in the body. There's a lot more to this conversation and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by Live On Labs, makers of liposomal vitamins and supplements. Live On uses a liposomal encapsulation technology to protect nutrients from destruction in the digestive system. This allows for more efficient delivery of essential vitamins and nutrients. Choose from various supplements that support health and well-being, such as lipospheric vitamin C, magnesium, glutathione, and more. To learn more, visit Live On Labs. That's L-I-V-O-N Labs.com. It certainly is a very interesting uh, way to look at, at the physical body and, and how our experiences and our belief systems affect that. So um, obviously, as you start working with patients, you're trying to sort of peel back the layers of these early childhood experiences and traumas they've been through. Um, what does that work look like? Um, are there religious aspects to it? Are there, is it, is it more so kind of finding what patients are comfortable in terms of how they, they talk about those things. Is there a, is there a, a core sort of theme that you use with patients in actually doing that work? That's a great question. So there's different layers to what we work on in our programs with Cancer Peace University. So we have the layer of the cancer support group where cancer patients come together and they share emotionally how they're feeling, where they're at in their journey. And that has actually shown to make a big difference in survival outcomes by itself. Uh, Dr. Spiegel did a lot of research on group therapy and cancer patients. And he actually found that 
having uh, group support with interventions, psychological interventions, psychological homework, journaling, and learning to be more in touch with your emotions to double survival outcomes in um, stage four metastatic breast cancer situations. Um, and that is incredible by itself, but that's just one aspect of what we do. Really how we view a psychological intervention for cancer is we look at how to innervate the conscious with the subconscious mind, because sometimes we end up not having an awareness of the core beliefs or the memories that are impacting our psychology on a daily basis. And so part of what we work on with cancer patients is developing mindfulness. Now, a study done in the 1990s found that cancer patients carry tend to carry something called the type C personality, where at some point, a lot of cancer patients end up learning to suppress their emotions. And if we learn to suppress our emotions, then we have a hard time having that mindfulness or awareness of the emotional connections between the conscious and subconscious mind, which can hinder really what we're trying to, what we're trying to spur on what we talked about earlier is a mm. profound internal transformation. We cannot have a profound internal transformation where there's a lack of awareness, a lack of mindfulness, or a lack of emotional intelligence. So mm. some of what we do is really working on developing that emotional intelligence, becoming more of a curious observer of our internal world, and just allowing what root causes on the emotional level are there to surface, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, we deal a lot with sort of uh, biological or chemical toxins in people, but you know, you could make a case for you know the the emotional toxicity, uh, whether whether that's those those traumatic experiences or loss of loved ones, uh, unprocessed grievings. You know, these things can be stored in the body, sort of just like uh, a heavy metal or a mold or, or some other toxic source, and so um, that that definitely connects the dots for me there. How, um, I mean, how, how quickly can you see these, these tr transformations in people? Is it something where like literally overnight there can be a change or does it take years of work? I mean, what, what can people expect if they kind of go down this road with you? Yeah. So that's a great question. So I would say typically it's between three to nine months where we can really see that internal shift. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite stories was with a client who had stage four metastatic ovarian cancer. And she initially came to us uh, basically having the best of integrative care, the best of getting to the physical root causes, but her cancer was still progressing. She intuitively felt that she had not resolved the trauma of losing her son. And that was really something that she carried into starting to work with us at Cancer Peace University. And so we did a lot of work on even memories. So we have cancer patients write their timelines of trauma. They write timelines of trauma from being a child, from when they're an adult. And then we start going through their timelines of trauma and really helping them process and integrate that in a very specific way to help shift the frequencies and shift the internal reality. And so I started working with her and I would say it took about three to four months. We had gone through her entire timeline of trauma, really working on redesigning memories, integrating the conscious and subconscious, releasing trauma. We have a lot of different strategies and how we do that. And she, before our last session, she ended up getting a clear scan she was NED 
And she really felt that the emotional root side made a big difference for her. She was finally able to shift and release that trauma. And those are the type of stories that we love. We love just helping people find the path towards that type of spontaneous remission by looking at emotional roots and specifically trauma. Yeah, that that's amazing when they can see those types of results. We had a patient, mutual patient, uh, that had a similar type experience, um, which was really what got me interested in connecting with you. A uh, patient had lost a, a, a son uh, mm-hmm. leading up to their diagnosis. And, and she knew even when she came to me, she was like, I know that this is part of, of my puzzle is I have not you know, been able to process the loss of my son. And wow. I think you were able to work, work through that with her. And, and it, it led to a, a much better response to treatments and, and ultimately getting into remission. So, mm, wow. um, so I've seen it, I've seen it play out in, in, in real life and in patients uh, that, that we've uh, managed together. So mm. thank you for that. Um, I, one last question I have for you is, you know, we work with a lot of um, breast cancer patients. Mm-hmm. That's a very common type of cancer. And would you say that amongst certain cancer types that you see certain common threads or themes of mm-hmm. trauma, yes. abuse, uh, and, and could you speak to that a little bit? Yes, that's a, another great question. So because our overall goal is really to find the story, the emotional root story to the cancer, which does end up being very cohesive to your goal in finding the physical root cause. Our goal is really to build that story of why did you develop cancer on an emotional level? And different types of cancer end up manifesting in the body for different reasons. I love the work of Dr. Hammer because he really clarified a lot of this in his work in finding that when he would look at CT scans of the brain, he would actually be able to diagnose the cancer based on where there was a rippling effect in the brain connected to an area of the body. And he would say, well, this area of the brain is connected to this part of the body. So cancer must be manifesting here. And what we really find with breast cancer is we find that there tends to be a separation conflict. The separation conflict in a relationship can look different depending upon the person. It can be a separation from a spouse, from a child. Uh, it can be from the loss of a child. It can be a, it can be either an abortion or the death of a child. Uh, it also can be the the loss of a of a loved one, a spouse, or even the loss of a friendship. And even my friend that developed breast cancer so many years ago. I remember talking through the the many relational losses she had. She grew up with a mother with MS, did not feel emotionally connected or nurtured by her mother because her mother had MS and couldn't properly care for her children. Mm. Um, she also had you know, two divorces, lost several friendships, and all of that compounded and, and was part of, in my belief, the development of breast cancer in her body. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we definitely, you know, from our end, we tend to see common themes and underlying issues in certain cancer types, but everyone, everyone really is their own puzzle. Uh, like you said, you have to kind of figure out what each person's story is, uh, individually. So, but thanks for sharing that. Um, I think we're going to leave it at that today. Thank you so much for joining us and and sharing this information with our audience. Uh, I definitely would encourage everyone listening to check out Megan's uh, book, one of her books, Braving the Storm, as well as the accompanying workbook. These are a great place to start, wouldn't you say, Megan? 
Um, and then any other ways that you'd want to, uh, talk about that people could connect with you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually have a workshop. So if people want to join the workshop, it's called the three-step cancer solution. And we'll be providing the web link if people want to review that. And that'll go through more details of what is cancer on the emotional side and even more of the the sciency type uh, topics that people tend to like. Fantastic. Well, uh, big fan of your work. Thank you for joining us. And um, I'm sure we'll see you down the road. Great. Thank you, Dr. Lucas. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.